Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Stay Hot Besties. I'm your host, Emmy Drew, and I'm so happy that you're here with me. I say it every week, but it's true. I'm happy to be here. Happy to have you with me. Let's get started. So the agenda for this week's episode, we're going to start with a quick hots and knots, a quick weekend update. And you've noticed I've said quick before all these because I'm really excited for our main topic today. So I sat down with my good friend, Brooke Condor, um, and we did all things body talk, all things um, confidence, all things your relationship with your body and your food, and it is a really, really great episode. So I want to do my classic hots and knots because I have some really good ones this week and a good weekend update, but the main focus of today's episode is going to be that interview with Brooke. So... <clears throat> Let's just jump right in. So, my hots this week. I had so many, but I said, Emmy, you've got to restrain yourself because this episode cannot be two hours long. Even though, if I had it my way, it would be two hours long and everybody would enjoy every second of it. Okay, my first hot of the week is the Peloton app. Now, you, did you know, you don't have to have a Peloton bike or a Peloton treadmill to enjoy Peloton workouts. Fun fact, you can sign up for the app and you can hop on any old regular bike or treadmill and do the workouts. Specifically, the Broadway workouts. How niche is that? It is a, I have found a few like Broadway bike workouts and it's so niche, but I am the niche. And I love it. Nothing motivates me more than listening to my favorite icons belt their hearts out. And that's all I want to do. Okay? That's my number one. Okay? Number two, going to the movies. How fun is going to the movies? Like, I feel like when COVID happened and theaters were closed, it's like all I wanted to do is go to the movies. And then when theaters open back up, it's like, well, flop. Like, I'm never going. But now there's actually, like, good movies that I want to see. And there's nothing more fun than, like, getting your popcorn and you sit in the theater and you watch it on the big screen. And I'm obsessed. I went and saw Red Notice this week. It's a Netflix original that came into theaters. So I love that they're doing that because now I got to see it in theaters, but I also can watch it on Netflix anytime I want. Okay? It is such a good movie. Um, The Rock... Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot. Like dream team. And it's a crime, heist, comedy, literally my favorite type of movie. So I'm a big, big fan. Okay. Then we have a bonus. This is a hot knot. Um, and that is perming Julia's hair. So Julia, I talk about her so much because I just love her. Um, this week, we decided to perm her bangs and cut them. Hot, The hot comes from how good it looks. Like, it looks amazing. Um, no promises. I think I'm going to get bangs soon. No promises. But I've really been thinking about it for years, actually. Okay. The knot, though, is literally how bad it smells. I'm sorry. Perm solution smells like butthole like it is so bad 
Like, <laughs> so bad. But once you figure it out, it looks amazing. Also, it, like, burns your skin. Like, anyways, that's the knot. But the hot was how good it looked. And also, the lady that sold us the perm was like, you guys are doing an at-home perm? Like, good luck. These always turn out bad. And we almost went back to the store when it looked so good and was like, suck it, lady. I'm sure she's really nice. I'm sure she was just looking out for us, but I was proud of the work that we did on her hair with the at-home perm. Okay, the knots. Um, oh my gosh, this is my this week. Okay, first one is the awkwardness of the car wash. Like, when you get on... The, your windows are rolled up. And they're, like, telling you to come forward, but you're, like, not quite sure, and you just have to follow them. And it's like, do I make eye contact? Do I not? Do I talk to them? Do I not? Like, it's fine once you're in the car wash, and you, like, get on the track, you know, and you're going through the car wash bubbles it's fun I love the car wash but then you like get out and they just like are staring at you waiting for your car to move and then they like say like come on come on then direct you to the store like (sighs) but it's like are the windows rolled up do they need to talk to me do they know what they're doing like in the eye contact or do I look down but then when I look down I can't see what they're trying to make me do but when I look up I'm making eye contact and I'm just like I don't know what you want from me Anyways, as you can tell, I had a traumatic experience at the car wash this week. Um, my, so, my second knot for the week. You know, we did two hots, two knots, one hot knot. So, equals three. Um, statement scarves. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No more statement scarves. Leave that trend back in 2015. Uh, Like, I can't with people who wear scarves. People who wear scarves for for functionality absolutely like in the winter a nice hand knit scarf surely i'm talking people in the summer who are pulling out their linen infinity scarves as a fashion statement let's leave that trend where it belongs back in 2015 um yeah so people that wear them not for functionality and not unironic and unironically not 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 ironically slash unironically Like, if you're wearing a scarf to poke fun at the trend, sure. Like, you're a comedian. I get it. But (sighs) just, like, statement scarves. Come on. Okay. I'll get over my hate for statement scarves. I honestly had so many. I'm going to put them in future episodes. I planned some really, really good episodes. So, oh my gosh, when my watch goes off, silence that. Um, plan some really good episodes. So, let's go into a weekend update. So, this is a hot, but also I turned it into the weekend update because I wanted to give it more attention because it deserves more attention. And that is Red Taylor's version. Now, I have never been a Swifty. I'm, like, I'll listen to Taylor Swift. I like her older country stuff. But I was, like, I've never been a diehard Taylor Swift fan. But I would give my left kneecap for her after this album. <sighs> it just really spoke to my soul. And don't, don't even get me started on the short film. Oh, shoot. I'm started. It was so good. It was the best 14 minutes of my life. Like, 
the aesthetic of it, the cinematography of it, the acting. Give Sadie Sink every single award possible. Like, ugh! It was one of the most beautiful pieces of art I feel like I've seen in a long time. Like, it had me so inspired. I was wearing a black turtleneck and a bold red lip for, like, three days afterwards because it was all... It was consuming my thoughts, to be quite frank. Um, the Bad Things About the Album makes me super um, relationship-hungry. Sorry, not sorry. Whatever. She has that effect on you. The all-too-well 10-minute version. It's so good. It's so good. Anyways, Taylor, you've done it. You've converted me. I have a playlist on Apple Music. Um, I think I'll post the link to that in the show notes, but it's my converting to Taylor playlist. So it's got all of Red, Taylor's version, all of Fearless, Taylor's version, Evermore, Folklore, and some of my favorites from Speak Now. I don't love Lover. I don't think it's her best. If you, I mean, go for it if you do. I love 1989. Reputation's okay. Sorry, not sorry. Again, it's my opinions. It's my podcast. <laughs> Anyways, I'll put that in the show notes. Um, I'm a big fan, Taylor. Big fan. And I'm supporting you in all your endeavors. Like, I hope you stick it to the man. I'm all for dismantling the patriarchy. Okay. Let's get into what I'm really most excited about for this episode, and that is my interview with Brooke. So, Brooke is an amazing friend. She's an amazing photographer and artist, and um, here's another plug. We talk about it in the interview, but she has a photography account at Brooke Condor Photography. She's unreal. She helped me shoot some pictures for the podcast, and I just adore her. She has a very unique story about her relationship with food and her body, and so when I wanted to have this body talk episode where we get down and dirty, and we really, like, dive into this topic because it's something that everybody needs to hear, I knew she would be the perfect person to sit down and talk with. And so I'm going to shut up. Actually, I'm not going to shut up because I talk in the interview, but I'm going to shut up now and I'm going to let you guys listen to this amazing conversation that I was able to have with her. Okay, everybody. (laughs) So I am here with one of my great friends, Brooke. What's your middle name? Celeste. Brooke Celeste Condor. What a name. I know. It's kind of fun. Yeah. So Brooke and I, we met my sophomore year yeah in her junior year Mm -hmm. and then when she was a senior and I was a junior we became really good friends we were in shows together we had a little love story in one of our shows (laughs) yeah it was pretty Ah, dramatic it's pretty dramatic that and we we pretend to smoke and drink we I mean I would never in real life but I surely had fun pretending yeah um and that's high school theater for you yeah we became great friends she's an insanely talented photographer and just all around amazing person so brooke happy so excited to have you on the pod i'm so excited to be here so today i'm doing an episode that i've been wanting to do for a long time because i feel like it's something we both have very personal and unique experiences with but also i feel like everybody has personal unique experiences with this topic yeah and it's unfortunately it's a little taboo you know so Mm -hmm. I think this is a safe place we can talk about 
struggles, inspirations, and we can just be vulnerable, bear it all. And Brooke was the perfect person to talk about this with. So if you haven't guessed, today's episode is going to be all things body image, um, relationship with food, our personal stories, and things that we've learned about this topic. And I think, you know, there's a lot of insight. Obviously, we're not experts, nor are we going to fix your lives or be your free therapy, but... Yeah, um, like, disclaimer here, kind of along with what Emmy said, like, if you are having struggles with this, even if you don't think it's serious, therapy really does do wonders. Yeah. And there are people that are trained to help people work through these um, emotions. Even if you don't feel like maybe you have, like, an eating disorder or disordered thoughts regarding food. Um, Having someone who is clinically trained to help you with that is... Is life-changing. It really, really is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. We actually went to the same therapist. We didn't know. Not at the same time. (laughs) But I, like, posted something, and it was, like, a video. It was, like, a screen recording of me video conferencing with her, and you were like, wait, is that Ashley? And I was like, yes. Do we have the same therapist? So I didn't she's see amazing. Ashley, but I did like group oh, therapy yeah, yeah, with yeah. her and she's she's amazing. Incredible. So Ashley, Ashley Hunt. She's amazing. If you're looking for somebody, highly recommend. Maple Canyon Therapy, I think, is her. She's just the coolest. Business. Okay, so I wanted to start. We just have a few kind of talking points and then I'm thinking it's just like a free reign. Whatever we feel the need to talk about, wherever the conversation goes, it's where it's, is where it's supposed to go. Yeah. So but I did want to start with Brooke, if you're willing to share your story. Yeah. And and then I will share mine as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, this may feel like it doesn't connect, but it definitely connects. So I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes um, when I was 11. And at the time of my diagnosis, I did ballet. I'd been in ballet since I was like three. Um, and... I, to this day, like, I love dance. I love going to dance performances. Um, and I love dancing, like, on my own. I'm not part of, like, a specific company or anything. Um, but the culture regarding body image in ballet, even if it isn't, like, explicitly said, it is very, very toxic. Um, there's this expectation of skipping meals and eating specific things to keep with, like, a specific body type. Um to look the part and to fit in the costumes and stuff like that. Um, And so the summer that I was diagnosed, I was doing a summer intensive at my ballet school and I was dancing probably like 20 hours a week. I was 11 Um, and I got really, really sick. Um, And a part that comes with diabetes diagnosis very frequently is um very rapid body um not body sorry very rapid weight loss um and so I was already a generally thinner kid because I hadn't hit puberty yet and I lost what little I already had and um when I was diagnosed when I was put on insulin I not only gained the weight back from like being severely like deathly ill Mm -hmm. but I also hit puberty at the same time sure so so double whammy naturally just gained weight that my body needed to mature and Mm -hmm. to become a functioning adult body um but my brain didn't process that 
in that way. And um, my diagnosis was very traumatic. And on top of that, suddenly I was gaining this weight and I lived in this world where that sort of weight gain was really frowned upon and was associated with lack of control, which is not the case at all. Mm -mm. Um, And it's so sad that my mind immediately went down the pathway it did, but that was just how I knew how to cope with this sudden change. I, I will be the first to admit that I am horrible with change. <laughs> I, I hate change. I'm a perfectionist and I like knowing the plan. Um, and so my focus then went to controlling food and I'm not going to be specific about behaviors just because, um, if there's one thing I've learned, if there's anyone listening that struggles with this stuff, anything that I share that I did could be then something that they take and do. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to be kind of gentle and careful with those specific Mm -hmm. details. But, um, I struggled with food for years. Um, And I didn't even realize that what it was was an eating disorder um, up until my sophomore year of high school. So not until I was 15 or 16. And this was five years in. Mm -hmm. Um, On top of the dance world, I ended up having to quit dance because I wasn't nourishing my body the way it needed. So I wasn't strong enough to dance. Um, On top of that, though, the hard thing about being type 1 diabetic, you were... Type 1 diabetics are two times more likely to develop an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it comes from um, just, like, this need for control within diabetes care as well. Oh, yeah. That is shifting and evolving. And as we're understanding medicine more and understanding how our bodies are working better, that it, there isn't this much of a need. Like, I can eat whatever I want as long mm-hmm. as I give insulin. Mm-hmm. But I had doctors tell me, like, you're not allowed to eat this. You're not allowed to mm-hmm. eat this. You're not allowed to eat this. Or your blood sugars will go crazy. So it was almost like what I was doing to harm my body was backed up by my doctors, which made it more excusable. so sucky. Which is awful. And my doctors now are incredible. I found doctors that work for me. Um, But when I was a junior in high school, it got to the point where I was so sick that, like, I was... I had gaps in my memory and... um, my hair was falling out and I didn't have energy and I was just really ill. And I kind of realized like, okay, (laughs) this isn't working. And I like, I need help. So I went to the center for change in Orem, Utah, and I did inpatient and residential treatment. Um, I think it was my final term of junior year I missed. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know it. I love the center. I've been there since then. Um, actually, last year, I admitted again because I had a relapse. Um, going into treatment was the best thing that I could have done because I, like, the regimen that they put you in and, like, the supervision, like, the people that are there are incredible. That's how I met Ashley was at the center. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I feel really lucky that I had the means to go into residential treatment because I know financially that's not an option for everyone. But I don't consider myself necessarily recovered. I just am in recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a really good year this year. Um, but it ebbs and flows. Like a couple days ago, I 
had a really rough day where I had to like have someone that I was accountable with and was like, hey, I'm having these thoughts. Will you make sure that I'm reaching these goals today? Um, But today, like totally fine. Mm -hmm. Totally like not an issue. So I don't know. I don't know how to end that. (laughs) No, I think that's perfect. Two thoughts. First, so my sister, did I tell you this? My sister got diagnosed no. as a type 1 diabetic. Yeah. Yes, you did. I'm um, a liar. <laughs> last June, June of 2020, she got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And the thing is, um, I'm really grateful for her doctors. And it's the new age because they were very like, don't restrict anything. Like, if you restrict things, it's just going to make it harder for your body. You just need to make sure you're dosing. I feel like the thing that I worry about with her and just life is, you know, in this world, we put such an emphasis on our food, especially Mm -hmm. carbs. Yeah. Carbs are demonized in our culture today. And it sucks because carbs are like the thing that you have to track and that you have to give insulin for. Yeah. And so it's like the fact that she has to be, we have to be like, it sucks because we have to be like, oh, how many carbs are you eating? Mm-hmm. And it's not in a way that's like judgmental or toxic. It's a way that like literally she needs it or she will die. Yeah. But it's just so like for those of you who are like mm, type 1 diabetes eating disorder, it's like, no, it's so hard. Recovery was really, really difficult at like in residential treatment specifically. The Center for Change actually has like one of the top programs for type 1 diabetics like in the country Mm -hmm. like I am so lucky that I live where I do where that was like easily accessible um but it's so hard because part of recovery is like oh well you're learning to eat intuitively and listen to your body Mm -hmm. you do not have to track this stuff and Mm -hmm. it was like no but it's like you do have to track I have to look at the food labels I have to look at this stuff and so while I'm not worrying about other things like carbs I do have to look at Mm -hmm. and I What's helped me is looking at it as like, this is literally what's fueling my body Yeah, for <laughs> to sure. do the things I love and to just exist. For sure. And yeah, it's, it's been an interesting journey coming to peace with that Yeah, in general. Yeah. But my second yeah. thought was, I think it's amazing that you're at a place where you can recognize today's hard for me. I need somebody. Yeah. Here are my goals and you know exactly what you need to do. And mm-hmm. I just... I got, like, chills. I was like, oh my gosh, she's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, my dietitian and I have, like, we have a meal plan that I follow yeah. on those days where it's yeah. like, okay, this is a really hard day. We're going to make sure that I get three meals and three snacks in. Yeah. The meal is going to have, a, like, a main and two sides or and something like just that. Just, like, fueling your body mm-hmm. in a way that makes you feel yeah. good. And, like, in the moment, it does not feel good. In the moment, sure. it's like, this sucks and I hate this and I hate my life and I yeah. hate everyone. Sure. But, like... My body is thanking me for it, mm-hmm. even if it, like, my brain is mad at me, you know? For sure. I don't know. For sure. Okay, so I wanted to talk about my experience with my body and food. My experience is a lot different, and I think it's good to be talking about different experiences, different extremes, different ways that people can struggle and find help. So I was never hospitalized I was never officially in treatment for anorexia or binge eating disorder or um bulimia or anything like that but I definitely have had a very very rocky relationship with food and my body since probably eighth grade 
which is the worst fact in the world because it's like what eighth grader needs to be worrying about their body yeah it sucks but that's for when i single-handedly take down the patriarchy later (laughs) um (laughs) exactly yeah so i was also in the dance world and the theater world and unfortunately when you're in that world it really is hard to be accepting of yourself because you're looking at the people that you look up to and they all look the same. And I have never looked that way in my life. I will never look that way in my life. And that is not because I'm doing something wrong. It's because it's who I am. And so I think in eighth grade, I started to notice I was, I went through a chubby phase. Every kid does, but I like fifth and sixth grade, I was chubby and I was cute, but I definitely had a lot of, like, people would make never any outright bullying. I never felt like I was bullied. I always had great friends. But there were definitely, like, weird comments that I'd be like, I don't like the way that makes me feel. And it wasn't bullying and it wasn't these people or jerks. It's just they're stupid kids and they don't understand that things they say can be hurtful. So it was about eighth grade. And I look back on these pictures and I want to cry because I'm like, Emmy, why couldn't you just shut up and see yourself? Because you were not fat. You were a human. And I had a really hard relationship with my body. I would definitely skip meals. And and then as a result of skipping meals, you know, you eat too much the next meal because your body is starving and then you have guilt. And it was just these really, really bad ebbs and flows of, of just like bad times so I went through a really bad time eighth grade and then it was fine like I went through ebbs and flows um which I think is very normal and I thought about going into therapy many times and um eating disorders actually run in my family we have a family history with eating disorders and so I think it's not a sensitive subject, but it's not the most welcome subject, or at least it wasn't when I was kind of going through. I think there was a lot of denial associated with it. Anyway, so I would try, maybe I need therapy. No, it's fine. Like, I'm doing fine now. I guess I don't need therapy. And, you know, my body went through so many changes, as your body does. It's and natural. That's it's natural your for your body to go through changes through high school and junior high and college and and, <laughs> and every phase of your life, your body is going to change with you. So, um, it was my soft, so I'd say like my eighth grade year, my sophomore year into junior year and my freshman year of college were probably like my worst time periods for a myriad of reasons. Um, so my junior year, end of my sophomore year, I had a really tough time. I had a hard time with friends, which I feel like when things are going rough and the one thing you can't control or you think you can control is your body and your food. That's what you rely on. It really is like such a huge, it's not a healthy coping mechanism, but but it's a coping mechanism. It is a huge coping mechanism. So I think I used that because I didn't have a secure group of friends and I was struggling And then at the end of my sophomore year, we announced that we were doing Anything Goes. And Reno Sweeney is... it. I would love to play it again, but it was the top of my dream roles list. Still kind of is, because I want to play it again. And I, that summer, created some very, very nasty habits of 
working out until I wanted to die and doing more because I had to be skinny if I wanted to be Reno. And I put myself on a very strict meal plan. And these are all things that society tells us are healthy. And if you were looking at it from an outside perspective, you would say, wow, that is a healthy lifestyle. I was doing Clean Simple Eats meal plans, which I'm sorry, I love Clean Simple Eats sometimes, but that was the worst thing for me. One of the worst things because it created so many food rolls and so much guilt and restriction. Anyways, so I just, and I got the part and, you know, I got the part and I tried on the costumes and people were like, wow, I mean, you look great. Did you lose weight? And I was like, thank you. Yes, I did. I'm doing all these things. And, you know, don't even get me started on not commenting on other people's bodies to fuel their obsessions. We can touch that later. We'll get to that later. (laughs) Anyways, and I got this part and it was great. And, And honestly, like, I, when I was in that moment, I didn't realize how hard it was because I was like, I feel great. But it was at a cost of, like, my mental health. You know, like, because I was so worried. I'm like, shoot, I need to pack this meal and I need to eat this meal. And crap, I was only supposed to eat a half a cup of this because the meal plan only says half a cup, but I ate three-fourths a cup and just, like, so much calculating and time spent and things worrying about it. Like, my friends wanted to go get crumble cookies and the thought of eating a crumble cookie sent me into panic attack. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I... I can't eat a crumble cookie. And it's I simply just a cannot. Cookie. And because I created all these food rolls for myself. So my senior year, my body changes as it should, and I was more confident in myself. COVID happens. COVID was hard for everybody. You have the whole diet industry telling you that your COVID body is out of control and you're like, what is going on? But I was just trying to ignore that. I get into my freshman year. And I start getting hit with major anxiety, major depressive episodes, and a relapse in my um, unhealthy habits. And the worst part was I was living in the dorms. I didn't have a kitchen. So I couldn't even, like, cook myself the food I wanted. I was... And it was so stressful because the one thing I thought I could control, I couldn't even control because I had to eat at the Wilk or the things and I had to figure out what were the healthy options like I can't keep eating this everyone tells you the freshman 15 which is the dumbest thing ever anyways and I was having troubles with friends I was having trouble with anxiety I was having trouble with boys and I said bestie now is the time you have got to get yourself into therapy so through prayers through recommendations I found Ashley And the first, therapy's crazy. The first meeting I had with Ashley, you know that feeling when, like, there's a sob at the back of your throat? Yeah. And, like, it, like, is painful? Mm -hmm. I felt that the whole time. But it was, like, an emotional release because I was saying these things that I have never said out loud before in my life. Mm -hmm. I was telling her all of these stupid rules that I had made up things I would never admit fears that I had and I was like wow I need to get over this and anyways therapy was really great for me it was not the perfect solution because there's not really a perfect solution yeah for anything 
I still have bad days. I would say the thing that honestly helped me the most was over the summer, I started taking medication, which honestly, so I went through therapy. I had a great time. I did therapy my whole freshman year. When I moved away for the summer, um, I I just like didn't have time for therapy. But I was like, you know what? I feel good. I have these coping mechanisms. Like, I have healthy tools. I feel safe. And then I had this big breakdown because the boy that we all thought was cute, just all this stupid crap. And I even hate that I give men this power over me, but that's another story for another (laughs) day. Besides the point. Anyways, I talked with my friend and she was like, have you ever thought about going on medication? And I was like, actually, I've thought about it a lot. And that was just kind of the final push I needed. I made an appointment with my doctor. I talked to my aunt. She gave me medication recommendations that work for our family. Met with the doctor. I got a prescription and it was a miracle because this day after I started taking it, it was the exact right medication, the exact right dosage. My life was changed. My relationship with food got infinitely better. It's not 100% perfect, but I can eat a crumble cookie and not want to die. I can go get treats with my friends and not want to die. Like, my relationship with food is so much better. Everybody has bad body days. Mm -hmm. You cannot say you live life and you don't have a bad body day. But I will say the ones, the bad body days that make me want to break down and cry all day are significantly less. Yeah. And it's just like it's more manageable too. Yeah. Like for sure. I I feel like now that my body is <laughs> able to like function because I'm feeding it well, I'm able to like work through that distress a yeah. lot better. And with therapy like I've learned tools that help me specifically. Yeah. And maybe these tools that work for me don't work for other people, but um it's, it's been really beneficial to, like, kind of get not quite to the other side. Yeah. I think I'm still getting over it. But you're maybe at the top of the hill instead yeah. of at the bottom. And if I'm not, that's okay. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Well, and I feel like once you've gone through therapy, you can look at your... Or whatever work you're doing. You don't necessarily have to therapy. There's lots of great books on the mm-hmm. subject. Um, seriously. Um, but I feel like once you kind of have recognized your behaviors, you can be like... When something happens to you, you can be like... Okay, I know this isn't me. This isn't what I am. This is not what I should feel because I deserve better. And you can kind of look at your kind of rougher thoughts with that perspective. And it helps so much. Along like that same vein, there's actually a book um, that my therapist had me read. read. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm like looking at it in my bookcase. (laughs) It's called Life Without Ed. And she... Something that works for her specifically and what I have found works for me is she personified her eating disorder as a separate person, mm-hmm. a separate voice in her head called Ed, ED, ED. eating disorder. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's helped me specifically just because I'll have thoughts where it's like, I'll use an example from a couple days ago where I was, um, I'd eaten something when I was having this bad body image day and my mind went, okay, well, you're taking up too much space. If you sit down on this chair, 
you're going to make the whole couch move and everyone will feel you sit. Mm-hmm. And I was able to look at it and I was like, okay, that's not Brooke voice talking. That's that's Ed. Ed and we don't like Ed. So why would we Ed listen to worst. Ed? Exactly. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of really good resources out there. Another mm-hmm. resource that I really like that I don't think I can say because it says that word. It's the Effit Diet. Just, uh, I love that book. It's so good. By Caroline Duner. Duner. She has a podcast as well. She has an Instagram account. She has a book. Her Instagram is hilarious. So funny. It's so but funny. But one of the quotes that I found that's like, you're on this earth to do more than lift weights and lose weight. And I said, oh my gosh, I have so many more things that I want to do. And this constant bickering with myself in my head is really blocking my vibes to reach my full potential. We're not even on the earth for that purpose, no, period. Not at all. Like, that's like not you were on this earth to do so much more. No matter what you're like, yeah. religion, ideology, like that is not the purpose of life, of being human. Absolutely not. Okay. So the next thing I want to talk, up, talk about is how social media affects our self-image. And I feel like we could do a whole <laughs> podcast yeah. on social media. But just some, just some quick thoughts. Yeah. Quick. I feel like it sucks. It's good for a lot of good things. There's a lot of good inspiration out there. I feel like when I, fa- I found I have diversified the people I follow. I follow a lot of really incredible body diverse accounts that make me feel more comfortable in my own skin. But I also had a time where, like, anytime a workout video pops up on my feed, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I did not need to see this today. And it's different for everybody. Like, some people might view that as, like, oh, it's just a workout video. Like, I can save this. But for me, it's like, I'm comparing myself to that woman in my head, you know? And I don't want to feel that way. Yeah. But I think social media is good if you have got it set up for yourself good. Mm-hmm. I do not follow anybody who makes me feel less than. And if and if they start to make me feel less than, I go, simply a no. That is an unfollow for me. And I feel like we need to be more okay with that in our culture. And I also feel like the whole Fitspo diet industry needs to go. Yeah. It's the most toxic thing in the world. Down with diet culture. So true. It's so sad because they they hide behind this mask of like promoting wellness for your body. But the things that they are recommending are not promoting wellness at all. It is damaging your body. And I... I feel like... Some people have a hard time grasping why the diet culture may be toxic because maybe mm-hmm. they don't have the exact same experience as us. Yeah. Which is but fair. But also, like diets, I'm sorry, you cannot show me evidence of any diet that works. I would like to see you try. I ha- I'm not an idiot about this. I have done so much research. Trust us. Like, we've researched. I promise you, I am not, like, <laughs> On spewing. both sides. <laughs> I'm not spewing facts that I am not, like, well-researched about. Um, As a photographer, it's really, like, I have a personal account where I follow, like, people that I know. 
Um, but I also have a business account for like my photography where I post shoots that I do and promote stuff. Um, Go follow it. It's at Brooke Condor <laughs> Photography, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, we'll put that in the show notes. <laughs> okay, continue. Um, um, and it's hard because like when I first started out in photography, like you f- to network with people, you're going to follow photographers. You're going to follow models that you could potentially work with. And when you think of a model, you think of this stereotypical mm-hmm. supermodel figure. And while I think we are moving in the right direction as a whole, where I'm seeing a lot more diversified bodies and different body shapes, not just in women, but also in men. I feel like men, isn't, it isn't talked about. Like, mm-hmm. men are shamed for any of this. So true. Like, I... Yeah, I feel like this... We should clarify, this podcast is not just from a female perspective. Like, this podcast can be listened to by all genders, sexualities, people, anybody. Like, there's not a person on this earth that doesn't have a bad body image day. Yeah. Now that we've clarified that, yeah, continue. Let us be clear. Yeah. Um, it's really difficult... And so there are some days where like on my photography account, I'll see pictures of someone and they look beautiful, but like I, like my instinct is to compare and then I will just log out of that account for the rest of the day or just switch accounts but still have my notifications on. So like if a client reaches out, yeah. um, And I do, I think that's self care Mm -hmm. because the heart, the reality of it is in the industry that I am just dipping my toes into just getting started in like that is just the harsh reality of it right now so true is that like we a lot of us are working on fighting these Mm -hmm. ideals and social media again i think that there has been a movement and there has been a shift especially in the last couple of years Mm -hmm. as there are more advocates for um body positivity for both men and women um, there's definitely a lot of work that needs to be done, yeah. but I think social media is a it's just a beast, whole other beast. Beast of burden. Yeah. Um flipping the script. Let's talk about my fave, um, intuitive eating. Woo! Um, if you have never heard of intuitive eating, highly recommend you go out and buy the book and read it until the day you die because mm-hmm. It will truly help you be your felt for. It will truly help you be your best self. Yeah, I think um, so. Intuitive eating it is created by nutritionists, by dietitians. They are your well-researched women who know what they're talking about, and they have created the perfect anti-diet lifestyle. And there are ten pillars of intuitive eating, and they're all about genuinely listening to your body nourishing your body how it needs to be nourished and once you find that like food freedom where it's like i'm not gonna eat ice cream every meal of the day but when i'm done with my school my seven hour school day and it's like all i want is a bowl of ice cream i don't feel i don't feel shame Mm -hmm. i don't feel guilt i feel like I don't feel like I need to earn it because I also think that's a whole other thing is when you have to earn your food. It's, I'm craving this. It's what's going to make my body feel good right now. I'm going to eat my ice cream and I'm going to love every second of it. And I I do. It it pushes a lot of like this idea that food doesn't have a moral code. Because it doesn't. There's no moral code to food. 
they're bad food good food is food food is mm-hmm. fuel your body needs fuel to exist yeah. and survive and thrive and yeah. so again like finding this food freedom it's life-changing mm-hmm. what's gonna feed my soul what's gonna nourish my body and how can i put those together and how can i be the happiest that i can be yeah with this food freedom that i found any other thoughts on that go read the book yeah seriously. if you can't read the book I, I there's people that are far more eloquent than i think we could mm-hmm. ever be ever be um but this next one is it's called more than a body and it is from an Instagram Instagram account called Beauty Redefined. And their whole mission is taking down society's beauty standards. And their whole mission is your body is an instrument, not an ornament. I love that. It's unreal. Because you know, you like, it is just so crazy how we've been taught that like our looks as women and men are the only interesting things about us. That is not true. My looks are probably the least interesting thing about me. My personality, <laughs> crazy. Um, I was going to say you're lovely and beautiful. <laughs> but your personality like, makes me so happy. <laughs> I just think you're so much fun. Um, recovery as a whole, the idea of it sounds nice, but when you are really, really deep in your disorder... It can feel, like, completely unattainable, and it can feel mm-hmm. like, like, what is the point, you know? Um, here's a few of the benefits that I've found. <laughs> One, I have energy. Yeah. Like, didn't realize how exhausted and tired I was all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there have been days where, like, I'm ill, and that's where I was all the time. And I can look back and be like, this is how I functioned. Yeah. How the hell did I do that? Yeah. What do you... Huh? Mm-hmm. Um, also, my nails are not flexible anymore. And my hair is growing back. I have all these cute little baby hairs everywhere. Mm-hmm. And my teeth don't hurt all the time. And like... It's like things you would have never thought of. Yeah. And things that don't come on the warning label when you decide to develop an eating disorder. Yeah. My quality of life is, like, I can focus when I watch movies now. Mm-hmm. I thought I was just dumb. I wasn't just dumb. <laughs> My body just couldn't keep up. Yeah. Like, watching movies that I watched for the first time in my disorder, I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes so You're much like, sense. like, this is actually a great movie. <laughs> He's a wizard? I get it now. <laughs> I thought he was just at a boarding school. This makes so much more sense. <laughs> like, why are they wearing bathrobes the whole time? <laughs> Is this like a weird pool party? What's going on? <laughs> Why are they all holding twigs? I don't get it. Why are they riding brooms? <laughs> I want to do that. Why won't it work? <laughs> In all seriousness, like stuff like that. But I genuinely thought I was stupid. And now I'm like, oh no, my body just didn't have the means to focus. Yeah, absolutely. What else? I know there are more. There's... So many other things. Yeah. And if you're in it, if you're having a hard time, this is your sign. Your life has so much more potential than mm-hmm. what you're giving yourself credit for. Recovery is the hardest and best thing you will ever do. That I have ever done and mm-hmm. ever invested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Period. So I, um, 
I didn't look like the stereotypical Mm -hmm. anorexic. I, like, mine was quote-unquote invisible. Like, obviously, Mm -hmm. if you knew me, there were signs like my nails and my hair. But, like, I didn't look quote-unquote. Yeah. Like, your stereotypical Hollywood ideal anorexic. And um, a lot of, like, if not most people that struggle with eating disorders do not look like that quote-unquote ideal. That Mm -hmm. is awful. Um, and that doesn't make you any less worthy of getting help. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, like, had I not gone into treatment, it still would have been an eating disorder. Absolutely. And, like, it doesn't, getting help does not equate the, make, like, it doesn't make the struggle real. Yeah. Like, it's real yeah. regardless. Yeah. And this is just us saying, we hear you, we love you, we validate you. Yeah. Life is hard. Life sucks, dude. Like, there are so many times where I'm like, literally the other day when I'm sobbing and I'm like, I, this, I don't want to do this. I want to curl up in my bed and watch Jane the Virgin all day. Like, oh, yeah. I'm so done. And it's like, everybody, no matter how perfect, no matter how upbeat, I think I'm a relatively funny person. Relatively? Sure. I mean, obviously I have my own podcast. Like, obviously I think I'm funny. But it's like... <laughs> And it's like, I'm happy and I try, I work really hard to try and be the most positive I can be, but that doesn't mean that there aren't days where I am sobbing the whole day Mm -hmm. for no apparent reason. Yeah. Like, we're just validating. Yeah. Life is hard. Mm -hmm. But there are so many good things. Yeah. Like Disneyland. The (laughs) last thing that I wanted to end on is I wanted to talk about... Where does true confidence come from and how does it benefit you to know who you are? This is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm still figuring that one out. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I have days where I definitely feel more confident in my skin. And I know, like, for some people, like, fake it till you make it works. Mm-hmm. I am not that person. Mm-hmm. I cannot fake it till I make it. I Sure. For whatever reason that just doesn't my brain can't quite comprehend that yeah but um moments that I found confidence or when I'm allowing myself to be truly happy um which isn't something that I have an easy time allowing like mm-hmm. giving myself room mm-hmm. to be I mean it sounds like cliche but it really does come from yourself if it's coming from someone else is it truly confidence it's not you know like that you cannot buy confidence or steal confidence from anyone. No. You can look at people and admire their authenticity or yeah. their their own confidence. What I'd say for me, thinking about you, I feel like I admire your talent so much. And like when I we did a big photo shoot for this podcast, actually. Hey. And I just feel like I was watching you and you knew what you were doing. And you were passionate about what you're doing. And you were confident in the things that you were creating. And it was it was truly inspiring. And so I think my point with that is like when you find something that you can be passionate about. That you can feel you're knowledgeable in. You can, cre- you can create confidence within yourself. And you start by finding those little things. And you go step by step until eventually it's like you have that confidence inside of you. Mm-hmm. But that also, like we said, like, everybody is not perfect all the time. There are bad body image days. There are bad confidence days. 
doesn't mean that you don't have confidence. It means you're human. But like those little steps where you're finding what you're passionate about, you're finding when you can be yourself is like, I feel like the moments that you start building that confidence. This whole process is not linear, nor yeah. was it ever meant to be. Like my journey with confidence, I definitely was a fake it till you make it kind of gal. Cause I think my whole life people have looked at me and thought I was super confident when in reality I was like, eh, not. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'd say has helped me a lot is finding out who I am. Mm-hmm. Like regardless of your faith, for me, I believe in obviously like God and, and that I have like a purpose on this earth. Yeah. And I think understanding that potential where it's like, I'm not on this earth to just live. I have things that I can be working towards, mm-hmm. goals to make, I think helps me a lot. And I've done a lot of soul searching. Who, like, who am I? What makes me me? What makes me unique? What am I good at? What am I passionate about? When you find those things, I feel like when you know, when you start to learn who you are and you get to know yourself, which is a crazy concept. We don't yeah. talk about that nearly enough. Mm-mm. When you start to get to know yourself, I feel like it helps you build your confidence. Yeah. And it's a process. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, it's like, dude, if I met this person, I would be obsessed with them. Yeah. And it's like, it's me. I should be obsessed with myself. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that true confidence, like Brooke said, it comes from yourself. It can't come from anywhere else, which is literally the worst advice ever. Because sometimes when I feel sucky, I'm like, all I want is for somebody to tell me I'm beautiful. But it's like... That's nice to hear. And it's nice to hear. And don't get me wrong. You can tell me I'm beautiful all day. But that truest confidence where you're going to be your best self and you're going to be your happiest self, it's going to come from what you build inside yourself and it's a process and it's Mm -hmm. not linear and it's hard and takes time but like you have to know there's light at the end of the tunnel yeah like I also feel like one more thing it's like back to what motivates you to be in recovery like when I get older I want to look at the things that I'm proud of I want to look at my family. I want to look at the things I've accomplished. Mm -hmm. And I think I'd be sad if I looked back and all I remembered was what size pants I wore. Yeah. You know? No, absolutely. Like, I want to be able to show my kids, look what I accomplished. Look at this photography project that I did my sophomore year in college. Mm -hmm. Look at this career that I've had. It's like, there's so many more important things I feel like that I want to leave in my legacy than what size I was. Yeah, think you know? of people that you look up to. Yeah. Whether it's historical figures or not. Like, yeah. You don't look at them and think like, oh, well, they're really cool because they were this size. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it... Yeah. That's just not how it is. It's not. Doesn't matter. And mm-hmm. that is okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Final thoughts. You are valid. Whether you feel like you suffer from a fully blown eating disorder or not. You are valid. What you're feeling, even if you don't think it is like strong enough to warrant any help, it it is like it's real. Mm-hmm. Let it's okay to need help. Mm-hmm. There's no shame in needing help. Um if you're listening to this, um be gentle with yourself. Drink a glass of water. Let yourself rest. You're doing great. And we're proud of you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pop girl tip. You do you. 
Be gentle with yourself. Be kind to yourself. Be good to the people around you. Couldn't have said it better myself. The hot girl tip to end all hot girl tips. (laughs) Be nice to yourself or else. This is a threat. We'll kill you. No. Okay. We would never. We'll just be We'll kill you with kindness. Okay. (laughs) All right, everybody. That is more than the time that we have. How long um, have we been recording? An hour? Nice! <laughs> it has not felt like an hour. Not at all. Um, woo! Alright, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you're going to leave a review, which you should, please make sure it doesn't hurt my feelings. <laughs> um, and let's see. Follow at Brooke Condor Photography and stay hot besties Instagram while you're at it. And... Ready? One, stay hot, besties. On three. Ready? Do we say it excited? Stay Stay hot, besties. We'll talk next week. (laughs) Bye. Hey, nice to see you.